Hello there. You are on to the man-to-man session podcast. We raise kings to embrace their masculinity and amplify their influence in the society. Welcome. The man-to-man session podcast is about to begin. Hello everyone. Once more, you all are welcome to another edition of the M2M Session Podcast. I remain one of your hosts, NK Umor. And if you've been following our podcast, you will recall that the last edition was about how I shared my traumatic experience after almost being sexually assaulted by someone that I really, really revered and respected. And yeah, that was that. And so today, drum roll. Maybe someone could guess what we're about to talk about today. Yeah, uh, or, or let's see what I'm about to share as part of my confession. Yeah. Did I get the right answer? No, I don't think so. So today I'll be sharing how I battled and overcame low self-esteem so let's jump right in and before we continue you can let us know that you like our show by giving us a follow and leaving us a rating on the spotify show page so yes what really happened while i wallowed in the mud of low self-esteem when i was nine years old i had a terrible accident and due to that incident, I sustained serious and grave injuries such that I underwent um, surgery about four times. It was that same accident that claimed my dad's life. So we were actually traveling. So it was on our way back to our base, which was Calabar back then that we had an accident. My dad was the driver, my mom was seated in front and I was seated at the back with my immediate other sister and two other passengers. So I can't really recall what happened while we were in the car. What my mom told me afterwards was that I was asleep. Uh, moreover, I was I was very much unconscious after the incident. I actually regained my consciousness like weeks after the fatal accident. So there I was, waking up to see myself in the hospital. Would have thought that the son of a medical doctor or a nurse would someday be admitted in a public hospital. So it was University of Calabar Teaching Hospital. I was there in the children's ward. I can't never forget. It was, it was Ward 7. It was mainly people with orthopedic issues, like children with orthopedic issues that, that stayed there. Other children with other fatal conditions were there. You can see, recall quite vividly that there was a child that was born. His whole body was literally born. He was there in that same world with me. But let me talk about how the self-esteem issue, that's a low self-esteem, crept into my being. My first surgery went well. Afterwards, I was placed on skin traction to ensure that my femur bone, which was 
fractured, would align together again. Then my wounds, terrible wounds, were always dressed. Once in two days, um, the doctors and nurses attended to me. So there I was in the hospital, hoping that someday, someday, that everything will be fine. I was always taken for periodic x-rays so that the doctors and consultants would see how well I was faring if the skin traction was really working. But they realized along the line that I wouldn't really recover quickly if I was still kept on the skin traction therapy. So. The consultants, including my my doctor, suggested that I undergo another major surgery. So the surgery was supposed to involve implants, the implantation of um, plate and screws into my thigh, just to help the femoral bone align. It also involved um, skin grafting. Where they would take my flesh from a part of my body and graft it to another part of my body just to cover the wound. So they suggested it to my mom and to my uncle. While I was in the hospital, nobody told me that I had lost my dad. They were just telling me that he was transferred to another bigger specialist hospital, that his son case was quite severe. And I believed their lie, but underneath every show of lie and trying to make me feel okay, not allowing me going to depression, I, I, I actually felt that I had really lost someone. So I underwent the the major surgery. The skin grafting went well. The implantation went well, and. After a couple of weeks, I was discharged, and because I was still young, still growing up, my healing process didn't really take time. Today, I was at home. I realized that I couldn't really bend my ankle, my left ankle, because of the grief and severe wound that I had on my calf. Like a like a huge pound of flesh was lost my left calf so the muscle that connects my calf and my ankle was was lost so the skin grafting only helped to cover the wound so because of that i have a condition called foot drop so seeing that i wasn't born that way and because of a certain incident i now have foot drop i didn't really like it for myself I started out using crutches and I was a very, very stubborn patient. Even when I was discharged, I was told not to walk, but I still forced myself to walk. And before I knew it, I told my mom that I want to resume studies. So I got into secondary school. I was exempted from a lot of things. Is it punishment? Is it matching? Because maybe people saw me on bandage and they felt that maybe I I had to be exempted from some punishments, even including some sports. I wasn't really allowed to participate. I was supposed to attend a boarding school, but because of 
mm, the fact that I had to heal properly. My mom didn't allow me go to a boarding school, so I had to attend a Presbyterian school, missionary school. It was a day school where she could monitor me. My mom as well was was discharged. She had a spinal injury, but to God's glory, she she healed and. Even though the aftermath of what she experienced was still shown, she couldn't really walk as smartly as before, but she was fine. She resumed work as well. So along the line, there I was always thinking and hoping for a miracle. I can't count the number of times that maybe they'll call for a miracle prayer, prayer to be offered for for healing of the body, I will stand up or go out to the front of the podium in church. Even during crusades, I always believe in God for a miracle, but it it never happened. It never happened. I believe down in me that God saw my heart that I really wanted to be healed and I had the faith. Remember that one of my classmates in secondary school, senior secondary school, once mocked me that what's up your what church are you attending can't they heal you so all those kind of conditions so the food drug took a great toll on me and i didn't really like myself anymore i was always seeking approval from others i didn't really see myself as amongst the best persons because of my condition I wasn't working properly, I wasn't working smartly. People, my, my colleagues were even making jest of me, mocking me the way I walk, mimicking the way I limp. It wasn't funny at all because that had a real great negative impact on me. And I really suffered low self-esteem. I didn't really believe in myself. Even when I started secondary school, to so my surprise, I, I still performed well, but I never knew that I was capable of so much more. I never knew I was capable of so much more. I never knew. So I found it very difficult to approach girls because of my condition. Even when I, I, I had gone beyond puberty, I found it so, so difficult to approach girls because the first thing that was on my mind was that any girl that I love would prefer a guy that can walk well. <laughs> so I, I I found it very difficult. There was a particular girl that I had a crush on. I was, think I was 13 back then. I had a crush on her for over five years. I never told her how I felt about her. Rather, I sent someone else to go and talk to her, which the person now used me to... to... to use... Uh, which a person used me as a topic of discussion amongst his siblings. They were they were always laughing at me, at my back. I never knew. I just I got to find find out later on. But that was that was a part of the tale. But it was really really bad. Even when I do something wrong, maybe I'm trying to play, maybe among my peers, maybe. Someone on my teacher will say, you, you won't even pity your condition, better be careful, your leg is not even good, all those kind of things really affected me. 
it really really affected me affected my studies i like i said that i still did well i was in jazz when when i when i took second position first time second time and third time because i was really really good at cramming but i changed school i i actually moved to another school at the beginning of my junior secondary class two that's gss2 that's what they call it in nigeria and in that school minika international secondary school there is a higher level of competition first time i i, I took 32nd position which was really really bad really really bad my mom was surprised it was really really bad there in that school people made more jest of me but i still continue living second time i had 16th i took 16th position and third time i took ninth position i can still recall even though it's it's far far back that's gss2 gss3 came to see the same thing i was battling with low self-esteem i wasn't found among the big boys in school because i just had to hide myself i just saw low i didn't really mingle much i was just there i was even kind of small back then so those that maybe had bigger bodies even bullied me i can still recall that even ladies that's girls back then were bullying me because of how timid i was i didn't really believe in myself whatever they say or shout on me i'll just i just bend my head and walk away even my fellow guys the young boys like me remember that was in jazz too even before jazz three one of my classmates slapped me. I told him sorry for slapping me. <laughs> it's I know it's funny, but it was really, really bad. Really, really bad. No word of motivation was enough. I was always dreaming and thinking that maybe someday everything will be fine. You know, I really lived in my head that someday I'll be walking well. I, I even, at the point, I disliked my own skin color because i'm dark i was also wishing that i was fair so i was wishing to be other people wishing to walk well wishing to be fair i was just thinking that everything about me was bad or negative i couldn't accept myself at all i didn't understand anything called self-love back then i didn't like myself at all is it starting from the way i walk to is it the confidence to express myself to know that i account even in a room of persons i didn't have that confidence but see something in me said to me that i was capable of so much more so this is what i did it was a personal journey nobody helped me or anything i just had to find a way to to overcome <laughs> this low service thing the first thing i did that was in secondary school was to force myself to play ball when i discovered that yes i couldn't really perform as other guys were performing i actually settled 
to be a goalkeeper. I was really, really good. I was really, really good at goalkeeping. So with that, I wasn't ruled out or I didn't see myself as someone that wasn't among. So like, I felt that I had a special sport like a goalkeeper. People knew me to be very good at goalkeeping. So that was the first thing I did. And it's, it's really boosted my confidence. And even amongst my class, I, I wasn't, I was still amongst the top five, let's just say amongst the top ten. Even though back then I, I didn't really unlock all my full potentials yet. But even with that, I couldn't still approach girls. I was having, still having low self-esteem, added to the fact that I am the last born of our house. So it wasn't easy at all yes i could help myself by you know being a goalkeeper but that aside i i i, I did well academically i graduated from secondary school and it was when i was about to get into tertiary institution i, I gained admission into the university of calabar i told my mom that i needed to see my doctor so I met him, I complained about the food drop again to him. So he recommended that I undergo another surgery. Then the surgery was called um, ankle atrodesis. In other words, it's, 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 it means ankle fusion. So I, I forgot to mention that the, the plate and screws that were implanted into my thigh, my right thigh because of the fracture I had, when I was nine years, so it was it was removed like six six months later because I was a child back then. I was I was nine, getting to ten. So it was when I clocked ten that I I I underwent another surgery where the implantations were removed. I had to stay in the hospital again. So let's fo- fast forward again to the time where I visited my doctor when I gained admission into the university i met my doctor and he was so concerned about and he was so particular about me studying medicine and surgery and for me because of all i went through medically the surgeries upon surgeries the visits to the clinic the checkups the pain the everything double with the fact that I came from the loins of parents who were medical prof- um, practitioners. I felt that I should study medicine and surgery. So my doctor, his name is Dr. Ngim. I know I've lost contact with him, but I am I, sure that I'll regain that contact and communication with him soon. He told me that he would really love me to study medicine and surgery that is in full support that I should make sure I study medicine and surgery. So that was the side, just that was just on the side. So we went back to discussing the recommendation he gave the ankle atrodesis. He said I should go home and think about it. So he also spoke with my mom, which who was a nurse in the same hospital. He told me that. I and my mom should go and consider it and give him feedback. So my mom shared the whole matter with 
her colleague. So her colleague called me aside and said that I don't really need to undergo the ankle atrodesis, the fusion of my ankle, that's my left ankle, because of my foot drop. However, my doctor shared the the negative side of undergoing the ankle atrodesis. It, it meant that I won't be able to walk well on a rocky surface that I, but I'll do well on a flat surface because already my my ankle will be fused so as it is fused there's only flat surfaces that I can walk well on so meaning that maybe rocky surfaces I will struggle to walk on them so the woman my mom shared the matter with sat me down and she really spoke to me she told me that I'm a fine guy that I should that I don't have to see myself as someone that has a problem she spoke sense into me she really spoke to me she said that I can I can use the condition I have the food job as as guy that she was trying to say that I should maybe be bouncing with it like I can use it as maybe a kind of walking pattern where all these gangsters walk, you know, put their hands in their pockets, they're bouncing. That's that I shouldn't really see myself as someone that has a problem. That all what she told me, she said a lot that day. She said a lot, and what she said got into me. So I got into university, University of Calabar. Again, I was a goalkeeper for my set. So even when we played the HOD Cup, my set won the gold medal and I was the goalkeeper. Like I will never forget that experience. So I see that the first thing I did was to force myself to participate in sports, including soccer, especially soccer actually. Which I did. I was a goalie. But added to that, this is what I also did. I took myself through a self-love journey. I went online and back then I didn't have a phone. My mom didn't buy me a phone yet. So I went online using her own phone. Maybe when she's asleep. I went online. I I solved and I browsed the net looking for materials on self-love i really really wrote them down i had a long higher education material exercise book where i wrote down everything that i i saw it was while waiting to gain admission into school so while i was at home the days i was free those days i had nothing doing i was just waiting hoping that i would gain admission the only thing I could do was to join the choir, church choir, sing to God. But back then, I took myself on a self-love journey. I I I surfed the net, looking for materials on self-love. It was while I was doing that that I stumbled on a quote which which spoke about the the mosaic that is used to design church cathedral windows i don't know if you you understand what i'm trying to talk about most of 
the cathedrals, church cathedrals we see on our streets, they have these fine, beautiful mosaic designs on their windows. It can be the image of Jesus Christ or Holy Mary. What the court spoke to was the fact that during the day, the mosaic may not really shine out, so the design may not really shine out. But during the night, it's 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 become so so beautiful because the light comes from within. So that light was speaking to self-love. So because when other people's approval, when you're home alone, when everything is gone after the day, if there is still self-love coming from within you. You realize that you can still be so beautiful on yourself. I also stumbled on materials that 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 I learned that I should be the first person to tell myself and I am handsome. Should be the first person to tell myself that I am worth it, that I matter, that I count. I read a whole lot. I began to read biographies of great people like Galileo, like Da Vinci. I read about them. I was so fascinated. My mind began to expand even at that young age. I I saw that wow that the life is a real broad stage for everyone. I began to see that I was capable of so much more. I wrote down a lot of quotes that I fed my mind with. One of my favorite quotes back then was that you might never know what is around the corner. What you need to do is put one foot ahead of the other and someday you turn back and you've climbed the mountain. That really struck according me because come on, I had a long way to go. The journey of self-growth, self-development, self-acceptance. I really believe that I could I could turn back one day and realize that I've climbed mountains, not just a mountain. I also stumbled on another material that made me realize that the first step to achieving anything great or worthwhile in life is to first believe in yourself. So I began to believe in myself. I really sat down, thought about the whole thing and before I knew it, I wasn't bothered no more about my food drop. My mind actually went to other things. I didn't care about what other people say about me. I actually valued my own opinions about myself more than anybody's opinion. I began to have a, a, a good image about myself. I began to give myself a good self-appraisal knowing that yes i wasn't perfect but i had the opportunity to become far better and better than who i was back then daily so that really opened up a whole lot it was like a fountain that was locked was was opened up and some possibilities about myself began to gush out I realized that I loved writing. I realized that I was really good at singing. That's why I joined the church choir. I even did well in the church choir. I sang till I even one 
the award of the best male soloist. Why? Because I first accepted myself for who I was and began the journey of self-development and self-love. I loved myself. <laughs> Even when I was struggling with masturbation, I noticed that because of the foundational, fundamental mindset which I had about self-love, I didn't really look down on myself. It helped me in my healing process as well. So I went on with that mindset. I realized that I could sit on my own and think about life. I could add one piece of information or one reality to another and come up with a mind-blowing philosophy. I like putting them in quotes. I realized that I was capable of so, so much more. I didn't really do well during my first semester in school, so when my result was out, I'm so grateful to God that I never had a carryover, but my result was quite poor. It was poor because I didn't believe in myself that much. I was still in the journey. You know, it took it took a whole lot of time before I and a whole lot of experiences to know that I was capable of so much more. I was busy crushing on some new girl that I found in in, in school. I was a fresher in school, but I was crushing on her, thinking that she was so was worth so much. I really placed her on a pedestal. It was during that period that. Rihanna's it was during that period that Rihanna Mikieko's stay was really raining. It was among the top charts. It was, it was, it was part of it was part of the top charts. It was part of the world's top charts. It was part of the world's music top charts. And I really placed that girl on a pedestal. I thought that maybe she was a goddess or something. I was just someone that was struggling maybe to get her attention or maybe to earn her or to win her. I, she, she never loved me and it was just mere infatuation and obsession. It was even when our results came out that I realized that even with how distracted I was and how focused I thought she was, I outperformed her. I'm not saying that maybe I was in competition with anyone, but it it was it was a pointer to the fact that I I have a lot in me that I'm actually neglecting because I am looking outside. So I began to look within and I really did a lot. I really achieved so much academically. I did so well. That's when I started believing in myself that I could actually graduate with the first class, which I almost did, you know, for the fact that my course of five years was changed to four years during a 300 level holiday. So I graduated with a 4.46, yeah, in a, in a, in a five point scale. So if I had maybe gotten to 500 level, as it was planned initially, I'm, I'm sure I would have 
gratitude with a first class. So that pointed to me that if someone believes in him or herself earlier, like I really wish I did believe in myself since you know, starting from year one, I would have had a good grade or a good score starting from my year one. And that would have made me graduate with a first class eventually. So those were lessons that were learned, bitter lessons that were learned actually. But that aside, I still believe that I could still do more and achieve more in life, even with the fact that I didn't get to do first class. Like I said earlier, that the stage is a broad, or life is a broad stage for everyone. So I didn't count myself lesser compared to those that graduated with the first class. The idea of graduating with the first class was just to make my mom proud, which I actually did. She was really proud of me with the score I graduated with. So yeah, that's how I struggled and battled with low self-esteem. And that's how I overcame it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much once more for listening to the M2M Session podcast. So make sure to rate and follow us everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify. You can also be the first to know when a new episode from a podcast is released. All you have to do is click the bell icon to turn on new episode notifications. Tap the plus sign on any episode to bookmark it for future listening. Thank you once more. So to meet again soon next time, I remain one of your hosts, NK Moore. I really believe you all have missed AI. That is Anna. You all will be hearing his voice once more. So to meet again next time. Thank you. And stay safe. Ta-da!